today, I want to let you know uh, that no matter where you are, what you may be going through, you're not alone. That God loves you. God's with you. The Bible tells us that whether we're on the mountaintop or whether we're in the valley, whether we're struggling or whether we just come through a victory, we have the firm assurance that Jesus tells us he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. I believe that one of the ambitions that God has given me in my life or inspired me right now is to give a message to the church that we can live in victory, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And today I pray that as we open the word of God that you will be instructed to live that life of abundance in Christ, and I hope that God will draw you closer to him. Before we begin today, I want to encourage you by saying a few things to you. I want you to listen. Are you listening? Say amen. God created you and gave you a life to accomplish great things. Now, let me say that to you again. God created you. You're not an accident. You are a creation of the Lord. The Bible tells us that God formed us in our mother's womb, and I believe that. I believe that life is given by the Lord himself. God has created you. He has formed you and shaped you and molded you and, and, and did a work in your life. And God has given you a life for you to achieve a very special purpose. God has a purpose for your life. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and not evil, to bring you to an expected end. But yet I see everywhere I go, it doesn't matter whether it's in this church or other churches when I have the opportunity to go preach in or whether it's in this state or another state or even another nation that there are many people that are wasting their life, especially in the church. I believe that so many believers do not live their life victorious. I believe that a lot of believers are living their life defeated. Now we know that in the book of John chapter 10 and verse number 10 the Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy but God says, Jesus said I've come to give you what? Life and give it more abundantly. In other words, God's for you and not against you. God created you and he created you to accomplish great things and each and every one of you, God has granted to all of us that are gathered here today potential to do great things. In other words, God didn't create you to waste your life. God created you to fulfill a purpose. And I believe that so many people never find what that purpose is in their life. God has placed a kingdom destiny in your life. Jesus came to make all of that possible in your life. Jesus came to make something possible that you could not make possible. There's a little kid song that I remember growing up, and you probably remember it well if you're kind of around my same age group. And uh, when I say it, a lot of you are going to go, I remember that kid song. I remember that song. And some of you are going to go, Brother Jack, I ain't never heard that before in my life. What does that tell me? Some of you are old and some of you are young. Amen. But I want you to know, this little kid song goes like this. Now remember it, because y'all are going to have to memorize it. At the end of the service, we're all going to stand up singing together, so you better pay attention. All right, here's what it says. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. That's a little kid song. Anybody here ever heard that song? Well, two of you have, and that's great, and thank God for that. But I want to I want to say it to you again. It goes like this. I am a promise, a possibility. I am a promise with a 
capital P. I'm a great big bundle of potentiality. And I want you to know this, my friend. You are a promise. And I want you to know that you are a capital P. And I want you to know that God has filled your life up with potentiality. And I, most people never reach their potential. As a matter of fact, most people just kind of circle the airport all their life. They never find their purpose. They never find their potential. They never reach that because, are you listening? Remember this. Are you listening? Say amen. They leave out the power source. Did you know you're never going to reach your potential without Jesus? You're never going to reach your potential without him. When you leave Jesus out of your life, you're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to find happiness. You're never going to find contentment. There are people that are looking for love in all the wrong places. They're looking for fulfillment with what the world has to offer. Let me assure you of this. Without Jesus in your life, you will never be fulfilled. Why? Because God created you with a God-shaped vacuum in your heart that nobody or nothing in this world can fill except a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, my friend, that God wants to provide that for you. And when I think about it, most people leave out the power source. The power source is Jesus. Jesus said these words, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything, but with me all things are possible. The great apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 said this, I can do all things, how church, you know, through Christ who strengthens me. Do y'all believe that today? Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? I believe that with all of my heart. Now I want you to know today, we're currently in a teaching series that's called Palm Tree Living. Palm tree living. Now, I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to tell you something. All of y'all need to wear your palm tree clothes next week. All right, you got to go. Listen, you got to get your palm tree shirt. Tonight, I'm going to have one on. Next week, I'm going to have one on, all right? You got to get a palm tree. If you don't know where to get a palm tree shirt, go to the thrift store. Dead people donate those things uh, to the thrift store. And so you want to make sure you go there, get you one, wear it, and get it cheap. It'll bless your heart. We're going to live like palm tree. So today, if you have your Bible, I want you to open your Bible up to Psalms 92. Now, before we read that verse, I want to go back today, and I want to get right back into the definition of palm tree living. So here it is. What is palm tree living? Now, before I give you that definition, I want you to think about something with me. Last night, uh, Denise and I was watching TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. I just kind of was there. And uh, they, were, they were showing this storm last night somewhere. I don't know where. And I want you to notice this. All, there was a news anchor there, and he had a microphone. And, man, you look behind him, and I'm talking about the buildings were destroyed. Uh, the, the island was just filled up with debris. Boats were on the, on the shore. Uh, all, the, all the buildings were just tore all to pieces. I mean, it was devastating. And he was there talking about this devastating storm that had happened. And right behind him, with all the debris and all the mess and all the destruction, right behind him was a palm tree. And that palm tree was standing strong and straight. And I looked at Denise, I said, you see it right there, girl, you see that thing? As a matter of fact, I so inspired her, she went and bought a palm tree dress yesterday. It was exciting. 
But I said, do you see that? Right in the midst of that storm, right in the midst of that hurricane, right in the midst of that mess, right in the midst of that valley, right in the midst of all that junk, all that confusion, all that, that debris, there's that palm tree standing. And do you know that's exactly what God wants to do in your life? God wants you to be that tall, firm palm tree that in the midst of your mess, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the hurricane, in the midst of all the debris that's around you there, you stand with the glory of God that has crowned you with his glory and no matter what happens in your life you're still going to be standing there tall straight you're going to be firm you know why because you belong to Jesus can I get an amen and he is with you he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you you are never by yourself do you believe that church can I get an amen would you give God praise for that if you believe that I believe that with all of my heart so what is, listen to me now, are y'all with me? Y'all better say amen. I'll preach for an hour or three. All right, here we go. What is palm tree living? Number one, this is what it is. It's consistently living in, experiencing, and what? Enjoying the abundant, victorious Christian life. Say this with me. Despite the challenges the circumstances or the climate that I may find myself presently in or about to face. All right, do you have that? We didn't, let, we didn't give you all any blanks this week in that, in that uh, definition because we wanted to make sure that you focus in on it. Let's go back there in the beginning of it. Let's say it again. What is palm tree living? Go back to the beginning of it. It is consistently living in, experiencing, and enjoying the abundant what? Victorious Christian life despite the challenges, circumstances, or the climate that I may find myself presently in or about to face. In parentheses, say it together. It's what? Living the good life. Now, before we rush out of there, I want to go back to the beginning of that definition again. I want you to take your pen or pencil, whatever you're writing with, and I want you to just kind of walk through that definition with me. All right, and I want you to just kind of think about this. Where you are in your life, do you need more consistency? If that's your word today, I want you to just kind of underline that. Now, it may not be your word. You go, Brother Jack, I'm pretty consistent. You know what that means? That means being standfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means, are you listening, that you are faithful regardless. You are consistent. You're consistent on the mountain. You're consistent in the valley. Nothing is going to rock your boat away from Jesus. You've got your anchor tied to the rock of ages. You're going to love him. You're going to serve him no matter what. You're going to serve him in the good times and the bad times. You are going to consistently live in and experience and enjoy the abundant life. Maybe today, are you listening? Maybe you need to circle the word enjoy because you haven't been enjoying your spiritual life. Maybe there's a lack of joy with you. Maybe, maybe the joy of the Lord just isn't your strength anymore. Have you lost your joy? Do you love God? Are you on fire for Christ? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Or maybe you're one of those people that go, that's the one I need to underline. I need to have my joy back. I haven't been enjoying. I haven't been experiencing the joy of the Lord. Maybe that's your word. Or maybe it's the word victorious. Maybe life has beat you down so hard that you've lost sight of your victory. And, and all of a sudden you feel defeated. You feel like you're beat up and you're defeated in the journey. 
Maybe your word is that victorious Christian life. Or how about this? Maybe your word is challenges. Maybe you've got some challenges in your life. And you're going, Brother Jackie, the challenges our faith are just so hard and difficult. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Brother Jackie, I, I'm going through some challenges right now. And that's my word. Or maybe it's the next thing. Maybe it's circumstances in your life that you circle that and you go, Brother Jackie, I got circumstances in my life. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I don't know the answers to I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to cope with it. Circumstances. Or maybe it's the climate. Maybe you're walking through a dry valley. Maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people that, that you just thrive on the mountain. But sometimes God requires you, you're listening to me, to walk through a dry valley. And you're going, Brother Jackie, I'm, my climate is dry right now. And you know what? I, that's my word right now. Or maybe it's what you're presently in. Or maybe it's about what you're about to face. And you go, you know what? I'm about to face hell itself. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, man. And Brother Jackie, you're telling me that I can live a good life. And the answer is yes, you can. You can live the good life despite all that. Because, listen to me, circumstances, challenges, or, cha or changes, or climate don't affect him. How many of you know he's still God? He's a God on the mountain, a God in the valley. Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you, listen, you've got you've to anchor yourself to him. You've got to learn that in the good days and the bad days, in the hard times and the good times, mountaintops or valley, storms or whatever, you're going to stand firm in him. You're going to anchor to him. You're going to get your victory in him. So open your Bible to the book of Psalms now. Let's see if we can find it out. Psalms 92. Are you with me? Here we go. Let's look there together. And the title of the message today is Planted to Flourish. Planted to Flourish. You are to be planted with God. You've got to be planted in order to flourish. Now let's look there together. Verse number 12, Psalms 92. Are you all with me? Here we go, guys. Let's read it together. The righteous shall flourish like the what? Palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Read verse 13 with me. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, everybody. They shall still bring forth fruit in what? In their old age. Y'all to enjoy this next part. They shall be fat and flourishing. What are we going to do when we're fat and flourishing? We're going to show that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Can I get an amen? Now, when you look at those verses, you begin to realize that right there, centered right in those verses, we find that the Bible says the righteous shall flourish. Not dry up, not wither away, but they're going to flourish. They're going to flourish, and they're going to show that God is good. They're going to flourish in the courts of God. So when we look there together, if you'll notice in verse number 12, make sure you got your Bible open now. Verse number 12, you'll see the word flourish. In verse number 14, you see the word flourishing. So we have to ask ourselves the question, if it's true that believers ought to be flourishing, what does flourishing mean? What is that when we think about it? What's the definition of flourishing? How in the world can you flourish as a believer? And I believe that's exactly what God wants us to be. He wants us to be righteous and flourishing. So let's look at the definition real quick. First of all, 
What does the word flourishing mean? What does it mean? Say it, to grow. Now, now while you're writing, I'm going to speak. You've got to grow in your walk with God. You've got to grow. You've got to deepen your walk with God. You've got you to fall in love with Jesus. You've got to grow. You've got to have a hungering and a thirsting for God. You've got to grow. You've got to be determined. You know what? I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an intake of the word of God. I'm going to get serious about my Bible. I'm going to grow because the Bible tells us that I can grow by the word thereby. The Bible tells us that we can grow as we digest the word of God. That is, as we begin to get deeper and deeper with God in our walk, we grow, we get stronger, we develop spiritual muscle in our life. We're not spiritual weaklings. We, we grow in our walk with God. We have a desire that we're going to go to church. We're going to learn. We're going to get under the teaching of the preaching of the word of God. We're going to find reasons to be faithful. We're going to find reasons to pray more often and read our Bible more often and fellowship together and grow and, and grow in our discipleship and get serious about that. We're going to have a hungering and a thirsting after righteousness like we've never had before. We're going to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby so if we're going to flourish we got to grow and then we're going to thrive what does that mean we're going to thrive we're going to take territory we're going to make progress in our journey we're going to be thriving we're not just going to be making it we're not just going to be surviving but we're going to be what thriving and we're going to achieve success we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna really achieve success in our life. We're going we're gonna to win victories. We're going to win battles. We're going to grow. We're going to thrive. We're going to take territory back. We're going to achieve success, and we're going to prosper. We're going to prosper because God's favor is going to be on us. We're going to have the favor of God on our life, and when God's favor is on our life, we're going to prosper in our walk with him, and we're going to be adorned. Say that with me. We're going to be what? Adorned. Now, y'all got to listen. Listen, I'm going to stop right there. Adorned. When you think about a palm tree, you think about a stick coming out of the ground. A palm tree is just an ugly a, a stick coming out of the ground. And if you were to just say, well, I'm just going to be a palm tree, and all I'm going to be is this ugly, skinny stick coming out of the ground. If that's all there was to it, it wouldn't be adorned at all, but listen to me. When you look at a palm tree and you see the top of the palm tree, it's, it's got branches on it, and, and it's got fruit on it. And what that means is when you look at that tree, what makes it so beautiful is what's at the top of it. That's what it's adorned with. It's like, it's like a crown of beauty at the top of that palm tree. And when I think about who we are, we're just a bunch of sticks. That's all we are. We're just a bunch of big old ugly logs sticking up out of the ground. But my friend, when you got Jesus in your life, he is the crowning beauty of who you are. You are adorned with his glory. How many of you know this and realize this? He's the head of our church. He's the head of my life. And God takes a big old ugly stick like me and you, and he puts a crown of glory right on top of us. And that crown of glory, my friend, is not me and it's not you, but it's the Jesus that lives in us. Can I get an amen? And so when you look at that palm tree, the beauty of it is what it's adorned with. And it's adorned with those beautiful leaves and the fruit. And that's who Jesus is in our life. 
And then we're going to be displayed. That's what flourishing is. We are displayed. When you look at a palm tree and you start noticing it, man, it is just displayed out there. The winds blow. The hurricanes come. And man, it's waving. And what it's adorned with is just moving back and forth. What God wants to do when you're walking through a storm and you're walking through a hard time in your life, God wants to display you to the world because you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. When you're going through hard times in your life and you're, you're rock solid with Jesus, God's putting you on display. He's saying, you know what? The storms of this life and the winds of this world may blow, but I want you to look at my child. My child is not quitting on me when it gets hard. My child is not quitting on me when it gets rough. My child is not weakening, but my child is getting stronger in this storm. And I'm going to put my child on display so all the world can see who he is or she is. Isn't that beautiful, y'all? And then you get to twirl. You get to twirl. I, think about it for a minute. I remember not long ago, or it was about a year or so ago, uh, there was a church that invited me to come to a men's rally. And uh, they invited me to come. About 150 guys showed up there. And, and they told me before I come, they said, Now, Brother Jackie, uh, we're going to have this men's rally, and we want you to come and speak to us. We want to have a good night together. We want you to come speak to us. We want you to come motivate us because we need some motivation. Brother Jackie, come, come motivate us. And they said, now, Brother Jackie, before you come, we want you to know that we're having this men's gathering in a chicken house. I said, good night, a chicken house? Yeah, we, go, we took a chicken house and tra transformed it. And man, that's a place, it's kind of a retreat area. And, and all these guys are going to be in a chicken house. And we're going to gather up there, we're going to sing some praise songs. And man, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. I couldn't believe my ears. You want me to come to a chicken house and get everybody excited? I can't believe you want me to do that. Yeah, well, I, I went there. Man, I pulled up and a bunch of guys were there and I walked in, told them to take their Bible and open up Psalms 92 and I kind of told them what I'm telling y'all. I said, man, you know what? God's, God's called you a palm tree. Men, you've got to know that you're, you're set up for success and God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless your life. And men, you're adorned with the glory of God. And the storms that you're going through and the, the valley that you're walking through, God wants to put you on display so you can twirl for the world. I said, men... Will y'all do something for him? Will y'all men just stand up? And they all stood up from his seat, and I said, I want y'all to start twirling. Can you imagine that? A hundred guys, a little like ballerinas out there. They're kind of looking weird, first of all. They're looking at their buddy going, are you going to twirl or am I going to be? I mean, if you twirl, I twirl. And man, I looked out there, and here's them guys, man, just turning around with their hands up. I said, all right, here's how you do it. Here's how you got to twirl. You're going through hail, twirl. You're having a hard time, twirl. You and your wife having fusses, twirl. If you're having problems with your kids, I want you to twirl. If you're struggling, I want you to twirl. If you've lost your job, I want you to twirl. If you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I want you to twirl. God has put you on display for the world to see men get up and start twirling. They started all getting up. Well, we're going to do that after a while, y'all. Y'all just get ready. No, I'm just kidding all them men, big old, big old robust guys. Some of them had a dip of snuff twirling. Had four-wheel drives and all that stuff, gun racks in the back. And they're all standing up twirling. Just twirling for God. Old boys, hard time. Tough guys, hard workers. Mean, rugged, hardcore. Standing up twirling. 
And I noticed something when they started twirling. Tears started running down their cheeks. They started weeping. Men started crying because all of a sudden they realized, you know what? I may be walking through hell itself, but God wants me to twirl while I do that. You know what? Listen to me. I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but I'm going to tell you something. God hadn't forgot you. God knows exactly the storm you're walking through. He knows the hell you're going through. He knows the disappointment you're facing. He knows the struggle you've got at your house. He knows the battle that you're facing. God hasn't left you. He's got his eye on you. God may, God, God may not get you out of your mess, but he'll get in the mess with you. God may not get you out of the furnace, but he'll be walking with you through the fire. God, God, may, not, God may not rescue you out of the valley, but I'm going to tell you, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. Now, I'll tell you what I think God wants you to do. Instead of getting beat up and defeated and quitting on God, I think God wants you to start twirling for him and saying, you know what, in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my valley, in the midst of my hard times, in the midst of my disappointment, in the midst of my hardship, I'm not going to whine, belly and cry and give up and quit on God. The world may tell me I need to do that, and everybody around me may say, what's God doing for you? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to stand up and start twirling for him so that when people see me, they can see what's adorned about me. They can see the crowning adornment of God on my head. I'm just an old beat-up stick that God rescued one day. I'm just nothing. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But I'm going to tell you, God took who I was and put a crown of adornment on me. And the crown of adornment that I have is Jesus. It's not me. So if you want to see somebody that gets a victory in the midst of their mess, watch me twirl. I'll show you how to live life like God wants me to. Let me tell you something, friend. God wants you to flourish in your mess. God wants you to flourish in your valley. And God wants you to twirl. To be in a state of... Now, I'm, are we, we still on the introduction, ain't we, y'all? But I want you to see this. To be in a state of activity and production. God, God wants to produce something through you. God, God chose you for a reason and he wants to produce something and he wants you to have activity and the activity is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you're going through hard times and you're struggling and the storms of life roll in and the hurricanes blow in, don't quit on God. Don't give up. Don't start moving. Stop moving forward. But it's at that moment that you need to start showing some production in your life and you need to reach a point of development of influence. Can you imagine what would happen with all of us? If we just started flourishing here at our church, we just started flourishing for God, I'm going to tell you what would happen. We'd encourage each other. We'd encourage churches around us. We'd make a difference in our cities. We'd make a difference in our region. We'd make a difference in our state. We'd make a difference in our nation. We'd make a difference in this world. You know why? Because God wants to show the world what it means to flourish in following him. Can I get an amen? So you got to look at this and understand this. So I want to kind of tell you, secondly, that every Christian, every Christian, how many Christians, y'all? Every Christian qualifies and should be flourishing in their life because our resources are supernatural. We, we don't have to depend on who we are, our natural resources. We have a supernatural God, and we have a supernatural Holy Spirit.
And I want you to know that the Bible says that Jesus came to this earth and he was fully God, but he was fully man. And he was tempted in all ways like as we are, yet without sin. I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross and did a supernatural work for us that we could not do for ourselves. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, there is none righteous, no, not one. But Jesus did something supernatural for us that we could not do for ourselves. He died in our place on the cross of Calvary. He was buried on the third day. He rose again supernaturally. Uh, God raised him from the dead again on the third day. Do you believe that, church? Amen. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, ever living to make intercession for you. Before he ascended into heaven, he said this words to you and to me. I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'll pray the Father that will send the comforter, and he shall be with you, and he shall be in you. For you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses both unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. There's somebody living on the inside of you. It's called the person of the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, God, the Son and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father sitting on the throne. God the Son sitting in his right hand and God the Spirit living inside all of us. Can I get an amen? We don't have to function through the natural. We function through the supernatural. Because of that, every believer has resources that certainly trump all the things of this world. Every Christian qualifies and should be flourishing in their life because our resources are supernatural. And every believer, thirdly, must learn to lay hold of their supernatural resources. Every believer has to learn how to lay hold. That is, get a hold of our resources. Take your Bible and open it up to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians tells us what we need to do. Paul, in writing to the believers in Colossae, begins to instruct them on how they can have victory in their life as believers. And in the book of Colossians, we begin to find that God gives us instruction in the word of God as not only pertaining to them, but pertaining to us. I want you to notice there in chapter 1 of the book of Colossians, verse number 19. Are you there? For it pleased the Father that in, say that with me, him should some fullness dwell. No, it says what? All fullness. Now let's don't rush there. For it pleased the Father. Who is the Father? He is the Father, the supreme sovereign God of this universe. He is the first person of the triune representation of God himself. He is God. He is God the Father. God the Father now sitting at the right, sitting on the throne of heaven. The Bible says that it pleased the Father that in him, who is him? Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead. The Bible says that it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. How, many, how much fullness, everybody? All. Circle that in your Bible. It is in Jesus that all fullness dwells. It's in Jesus, not in the world, not in programs, not in activities, not in lights and fog and all that stuff, but in him. In him. You know what's wrong with our churches today? We got our eyes off him and our eyes on everything else. We're pursuing everything else rather than him. You want to see a church that has fullness, get our eyes on him. When you get your eyes on him, you will find all the fullness, everything you need is in Jesus. Everything that you want is where? In Jesus. The Bible says in chapter 2, if you'll notice there, for in him dwells 
all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For in who? Jesus. Now watch this. And you, say it with me, are what? Complete where? In him. If you are in Jesus, you're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Look at Brother Jackie. Everything you could ever want is in Jesus. Everything you ever need is in Jesus. Now, I want you to pay attention. Are you with me? Say amen. Colossians 3, 1 is the key. He says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Watch now. Read this with me, everybody. Everybody read it out loud. If you then be risen with Christ, what are you supposed to do? Seek those things which are above. Watch this. If you'll notice which where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Now I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. I want you to write it down. It's not in your notes, but you need to write this down. Most people are seeking answers. Most people are seeking solutions. You got a problem? I got to find an answer. Got a problem? I got to have a solution. Listen to me. It would do you well to stop doing that. Stop looking for solutions and start looking at a Savior. When we start seeking Him, rather than all the solutions and all the other answers, I'm going to tell you, we'll get a victory in our life. So many of us, we, go, we start walking through a valley. Watch this. We go through a valley, and we start saying, I got to get out of this mess. I got to get out of this valley. I got to find an answer. What's my answer? I don't know. I got to find an answer. We worry. We get anxious. We get overwhelmed. We get beat up. We start seeking solutions. We say, what do you think? What do you think? We get our little group together. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What should, what's my, what should you get? What do you think I ought to do? What do you think I ought to do? Well, I think you have problems in your marriage. You start fixing, looking for solutions. You go ask all your girlfriends, what do you think I ought to do with that idiot? What do you think I ought to do with him? What do you think? Well, I think you ought to divorce him. I wouldn't put up with it one five minutes. I just wouldn't put up with it. I just wouldn't do it. What do you think I ought to do with her? Well, I kick her out. That's what I do. I kick her out. I, 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 I. Listen, get off Facebook and get on your knees. Get off the telephone and get in your prayer closet. Get, get away from all the buddies and get with a Savior. Start, stop looking at everything around you and start looking at Him. When you start looking at Him, you start finding the answer that you need. And I bet you there's people here today that needs to seek Him. Every believer, you gotta, you gotta lay hold of your supernatural resources. All right, so let's get to the nitty-gritty. Gotta hurry, gotta, gotta do this quick. How do you begin your palm tree living? I'm gonna do it quick, so y'all just hang in here. How do you do it? Where do you begin the life of palm tree living? How do you start this journey? Well, watch this now. Are you with me? Y'all better wake up. Are you with me? How do you start? How many of y'all wanna have victory in your life? Can I see your hand? How many of you want to live victoriously despite your circumstances, your, your situations, or your climate? How many of you want to have victory in your life? How do you start? How do you start? Psalms 92 verse 13 says, you got to be planted. You got to be planted. You got to be planted in the house of the Lord. And listen, we're not talking about this building. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus. You got to get planted. Now watch this. 
You can't say, well, I want to be planted today and I want to be uprooted tomorrow. I want to move over here. I want to go over there. I got to do this. I got to do that. Do you, listen, if you plant something and dig it up all the time, it don't ever grow. You got to get planted in Christ. The, the book of the Psalms, the next, the next verse says, uh, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor, nor sits, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he does what? Meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree. Come on now. Planted. Planted. You got to be Planted. Your, your, your hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is seeking sand. You got to get planted. Jeremiah says, watch this. Jeremiah, in, in the book of Jeremiah, it, it says that you, go to the next verse there. It, it says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Watch this. Next verse says, for he shall be as a tree, what? Planted by the waters. You got to get planted. You can't be in and out. You can't be, you can't do that. You got to get planted. You got to get planted in Jesus. So when we think about this, how do you get planted? The real word is not planted, but the real word is transplanted. When you think about palm trees, and we've done stuff, man, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all listen to me, I'm an expert on palm trees now. They ain't a palm tree in Brompton, Alabama, but I know about them because I've studied them. Did you know that most palm trees are not native to the place they are living? They're transplanted. I mean, you look around cities, you go, oh, look at them beautiful palm trees. Oh, isn't that beautiful palm trees? I'm going to tell you, all listen to me. They ain't growing there. They went somewhere and got them, and they transplanted them. And the real word that you're looking for is not planted, but rather transplanted. What does God do? He transplants you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He transplants you out of sin into forgiveness. He transplants you out of unrighteousness into righteousness. He transplants you out of condemnation into no condemnation. He transplants you out of hell into heaven. He transplants you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what God does. He finds you where you are, and because of his love and his mercy and his grace, he takes you and transplants you. You don't deserve to be there. That's not native to who you are, but by his grace, he transplants you. Can I get an amen? So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, there's four, three things I'm going to give you real quick. First of all, how do you get transplanted in the house of the Lord? The first thing you've got to do is you must be transplanted with Christ in his death. You got to be transplanted with Christ in his death. Now, this is important. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ was baptized into his death. The next verse in Galatians says, I am crucified with Christ. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Are you listening? How do you, how do you, get, how do you, how do you start this palm tree living? You got to be transplanted in his death. Now, y'all listen, pay attention. That's a baptismal poo. The baptismal poo represents a grave. You know, a lot of y'all say, that, that's a swimming poo. No, no, that's a baptismal poo. 
And that baptismal pool is filled up with water and it represents a grave so that when people walk in from up there, down those steps in that baptismal pool, symbolically they're walking into a grave. That symbolizes a grave. So that when they walk in there, are y'all with me? They walk in there and they stand there. The preacher's behind them and the preacher says a little bit and they're about to baptize them. Baptism symbolizes two things. Are you with me? You may want to write it down. It symbolizes the death of Jesus. Jesus died and was buried. All right? So Jesus, in the symbolism of the baptism, it symbolizes Jesus' death. But, but it goes further. When that person walks in the baptism pool, when they're standing there, and I say like this, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to lay them under it symbolizes, are you with me? The old person died. There's an old, there, who you used to be is not who you, used, who you are now. The old person died. Why? Because Jesus made a way for them to die to who they were. So when they laid over on the, on the they're, they're, they're connecting with the death of Jesus. But how many of you know this? Death could not hold him. And the grave could not keep him. So in order to start the palm tree living, watch this, you got to die to yourself. you got to be crucified in Christ. you got to put your faith in Jesus. you got to get over you. you got to say, Lord, I'm going to die to me today. I'm, I'm, i got to give up on me. And I'm going to die. In, and what Jesus did for you, when he went to the cross of Calvary, watch this. He took all your sins upon himself. And by faith, what you do is you place your sins on him on, on the cross. And the wrath of God fell on him that ought to fall on you. And Jesus died on the cross for you. What do you do? You, by faith, put yourself there. You died in Jesus. Because the law doesn't have a penalty over a dead man. You can't penalize a dead man. The Bible says, the law says, you're guilty, condemned, you're not worth anything. There's charges against you. But when you die with Jesus on the cross, he takes all that for you. And you have to be willing to die in Christ. Secondly, you got to be buried with Christ. Burial represents the doing away with you. It represents that you are dying on the cross, but he was buried to fulfill scripture. Romans 6, 4 says these words, therefore we are buried with him by baptism. Now that baptism is not a symbolic baptism, but a faith baptism. You're baptized into his death. That's what you do. So you gotta be buried with him. The, only, the reason you're buried with him is because it is in the burial that's, that gives you substantial victory. You gotta, you gotta die in him, you gotta be buried in him. Now watch this. Third thing is this. You not only have to be buried with him, but you have to be transplanted with Christ in the resurrection. The death couldn't hold him, death couldn't keep him. There is a resurrected Savior. Can I get an amen? And I'm gonna tell you, my friend, how many of y'all believe he's alive today? He's alive, he's alive. Can I get an amen? Watch this. When you identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, you're identifying with a new life. In other words, the devil thought he had you, 
but you put your faith in Jesus, and as Jesus died on the cross and was buried, now you're not who you used to be either. Now watch this. This is a glory hallelujah moment. When a person comes up out of that baptismal pool, when, they, when I lay them down and they come up, we lay them down symbolically as an old man, but they come up a new man. They are buried with Christ. They, they now are resurrected with him. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? How many of you are grateful that Jesus did that for you? Can I get an amen? He did that for you. All right. In Ephesians 2, in the next verse, says this. Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. Watch this. For by grace are you saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not something that's going to happen. That's something that already has happened. We are now in heavenly places, maybe not physically yet, but spiritually we were Jesus. And because of that, we can flourish. So number six, quickly, every believer is transplanted to flourish. That's what you want to do. You want to flourish in your life. You want to be on display for God. You want to twirl in your life. And every believer is transplanted to flourish. Romans 6, verse 5, 4 and 5 says these words. Therefore, we are buried with him, how? By baptism, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, come on now, by the glory of the Father, even so, what should we do? Come on now, y'all got to help me. What should we do? Walk in nearness of life. Ephesians says it this way. The book of Ephesians says that in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Read the next verse together. The next verse says these words. It's powerful. It reminds us that we have grace in Jesus and that we can have victory in him. Now I want you to remember the bottom line is powerful. You, you, my friend, you can become transplanted in the house of the Lord today. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till next month. You don't have to wait till next Sunday. You can do it right now today. Any of us can. Anybody wants to be transplanted from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from sin to forgiveness, from hell to heaven, listen to me, that can happen to you today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 says, read this with me, everybody. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself it is what? It's a gift of God. You can be changed today. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to walk through a valley. That doesn't mean that life's always going to be easy. But what it does mean, you can be a palm tree. You can stand firm in the storm. You can be strong in the valley. Why? Not because of you, but because of him. Look at the next verse. This is what it says. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and you will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. What's the promise? Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Here's the point. You're one decision away. You're one decision away from having a new life. You can have a new life. Does it mean you won't have struggles? No. Does it mean you won't have to go through a valley? No. Does it mean it's always going to be happy, happy, happy? No. But what it does mean is you've got God, and He's got you. In the midst of wherever you are, you belong to Him. The wind may blow you like this. The storms may whirl you like this. But after you get where you're supposed to be with God, all you're doing is saying, look how awesome my God is. Look how beautiful my Savior is. Look how wonderful my God is. He's got me in this. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, the storms will come in your life and destroy you because your house is built on sand. But if you build your house on the rock of ages, the winds may come, the rains may fall, and the storms may come in. But you will not fall because your house is built on the rock. Today, I'm going to invite everyone to stand with me for just a moment. And as we stand together, I'm going to invite you right now, if you don't know Jesus, and you'd like to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to invite you to come to the front of the church and talk to one of these men that's about to come to the front of this altar. And they're going to be here to meet with you and talk with you about your decision for Jesus. Maybe you want to join the church today. If I wasn't a member here, I'd join today. Maybe you want to come. You're going through a hard time. You want to come and pray about it. That's what this altar's for. So today, as we all sing this song, I want you to sing it with all of your heart. Would you sing together with me now? 